0: thank you, Sam. Thank you. Um, good morning. My name is Rima, and I'm one of the trainee vicars here at Holy Trinity Clapham. And it is wonderful to be together this morning as we continue our series in the book of Ephesians. Let's pray together before we begin. God, we thank you that you are gracious thank you for your word that speaks to us here this morning. And we pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would come and reveal more of yourself to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In 2017, a song titled Blinded by Your Grace was released by a UK rap artist named Stormzy. Now, most of you may have heard this song. It did really well. It was played a lot. And you'll be grateful this morning that this is not my rapping debut at the 10.30am service. I'm not going to rap the song. But these are the words of the chorus. Lord, I've been broken. Although I'm not worthy. You fixed me. Now I'm blinded by your grace. You came and saved me. And I was thinking about this song last week. So I decided to look it up on YouTube and started scrolling through the comments. And what I found absolutely fascinating was that all the comments I could see were positive positive. Now, usually on YouTube, there's at least one person saying something negative, something like, that song's rubbish, Stormzy can't rap, I don't like this song. But people, regardless of whether they seem to have a faith or not, found something about this song incredibly moving. This is what one of the comments I saw said, I'm not religious myself. But things like this show me why so many people are. And I think what this person was getting at was that it was more than just the music or the melody that had moved them. But it was this message of God's grace. There's something different about this message, this message of God's grace. It is a totally foreign concept to our world. There's something different about grace, and it is uniquely expressed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just think about the narrative which we get taught from at a young age. Your value, our value, is in our grades, which we work to get at school. Our value is in our social standing, which we work to form relationships. Our value is in what job we get, which we work and we get money. But God's economy is different. He says, you are valuable. You're already valuable to me. So here is my free gift of grace. And our passage this morning is all about grace, grace that is on offer to everyone. And the way that the writer of this letter, Paul, unpacks this is by explaining to the church, this is where you were. This is the place you are in. But this, this is what you have become by God's grace. So let's have a look at the passage Verse one, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. We were dead. This is our spiritual state outside of Christ. Not a bit ill, not slightly sick, dead. Buried in our wrongdoing, completely separated and cut off from God. Unable to help ourselves because we were dead. There was nothing we could do to save ourselves. There was nothing we could do to help ourselves. And what were we dead in? We were dead in transgressions and sins. This is a comprehensive way of saying that all of our failings, intentional and unintentional, they kept us, they cut us off from the source of, of life. They put a barrier in between us and God. We missed the mark of God's standards and so we were spiritually dead. And it really is a bleak picture. Just have a look at verse two. Look at what's said. It says that we followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. We were far from God acting in evil ways with Satan as the one in charge of our lives. We were disobedient. Going against God's commands, his good ways. And then verse three. Gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Acting selfishly bringing God's righteous judgment upon ourselves. This is our natural disposition. And note how Paul includes everyone outside of Christ in this spiritually dead state. He starts in verse two by saying, as for you, he's speaking to the Ephesian church, a Gentile church. And then in verse three, he says, all of us. He includes himself in this, a Jewish man and the rest of the Jewish people. This is the reality for all of us. We might look around and think, that friend doesn't look dead, that neighbour, that colleague. They look like they're doing just fine, actually. They look quite happy, in fact. But outside of Christ, we are all spiritually dead. All of us. Equally, spiritually dead. This is the position that we're all in. It is the ultimate leveler. In these verses, we see the terrible depths of the hopelessness of all humanity apart from Christ. And yet, While we were still in this state, in this state, something amazing happened. Two words, but God, but God, but God came in and intervened. In these next verses, we read about the height of God's grace we see his sovereign action for our desperate human condition let's read the rest of verses four and five but because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions it is by grace you have been saved We are saved by grace. Saved by grace. This is what verses one to five are all about, showing us that we are saved by grace. We were dead, but God made us alive with Christ. You know, in this passage, this phrase, with Christ or in Christ, comes up several times. This is God's grace to us. This is how he has saved us. In Christ. His great love has covered our transgressions and sins. His rich mercy has dealt with our disobedience, our following of the flesh. This is what God has done for us. We didn't deserve it. We were by nature deserving of wrath. But we are alive by his grace, his extravagant grace. We are saved by grace. And Paul would have been really aware of this, just thinking about his own story of persecuting Christians and then having Jesus revealed to him He was literally blinded in that process, blinded by God's grace. Now, whether we think we have a dramatic conversion story or not, the fact is, for everyone in Christ, we have been taken from death to life by the death and resurrection of Jesus. What a story. What a story that is. We are saved by grace, and this is true for everyone who has faith in Jesus. And not only are we saved by grace, but we are currently living in God's grace. Right now, today, we are living in God's grace. This isn't a one-off gift, but each and every day, God is gracious. He's working in us, a spirit renewing us, transforming us, helping us to live in his ways. This is God's grace in our lives. And what a life it is. What a life it is. Just take a look at verse six. God raised us up with Christ and seated us With him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Right now in Christ, this is our place, seated with him in the heavenly realms. This is both our present and our future. Just think about it. Think about where we have come from. We were dead. And now we've been raised to life and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. This is what makes grace so amazing. When we really grasp where we were, where we have come from, and where God has taken us, and where he is continuing to take us. Wow. What a progression. It really is the most remarkable transformation my neighbor's kids have recently discovered that in their garden, there is a mother pigeon with some baby pigeons in a nest. And I don't know if you've ever seen a baby pigeon before, but I had never seen one, even though there are so many pigeons in London. And the kids, they um, climbed up the, a tree, uh, the tree at the back of their garden, and took a picture of what they saw in the nest. And this is what they saw Can you believe it? This is what a baby pigeon looks like. I've been informed that the mother pigeon is called Twinkle, the dad pigeon is Star, and the baby is called Moonbeam, that baby pigeon. And I was honestly shocked when I saw the photo because that baby pigeon looks nothing like an adult pigeon. What happens is a dramatic... Transformation. And the transformation which takes place for us when we are in Christ is even greater, even more beautiful than this. And let's be honest, adult pigeons, they're a bit funny looking anyway. (laughs) But we, we are continually transformed by God's grace each day. There's something different that looks There's something different about us, something that looks different about us as God's people. And we look more like him as we go through our lives, walking with Christ. We are in Christ. We are with Christ. We are those on earth bringing the ways of heaven. We are seated in the heavenly realms. And it's easy to forget this as we go through our day-to-day activities. But this is what God has said. This is what he's gifted to us. It's what he's given to us. When we step into that conflict at work, when that family member or friend is having a difficult time, we bring God's ways. We bring the ways of heaven because our place is with him in the heavenly realms. We bring God's ways into that situation. We are given the same status as Jesus. We share in his power and his authority. This is God's grace to us. Sarah Seabrook, who is on the staff team here, sent me a quote from a book, an extract from a book, and it's really helpful. This is what it says. One of the tragic misunderstandings of our religious milieu is the popular notion that grace is merely a description of God's kindness towards us. In thinking about grace, it seems that people often see it exclusively as having to do with justification, the gracious act of being declared righteous. While grace is God's free and unmerited favour, it is also his regenerating and strengthening power. We are saved by grace, but we also continue to live each day by grace. There is continual grace for us today so we can keep on living in God's regenerating and strengthening power. There is continual grace for us to keep on living as followers of God's. However, we're feeling this morning, just know, know that there is grace today for us to keep on living in God's way. So, why has God done this? Why have we been taken from death to life? Why are we now seated in the heavenly realms? Why has God done this? Verse 7. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. To show his grace. The incomparable riches of his grace. There is nothing Like it. In raising and exalting Christ from the dead, God showed his incomparable great power. But he didn't just leave it there, he didn't just leave it. He went a step further. By raising and exalting us, he has also shown the incomparable riches of his. Grace. This is what we've been hearing in the stories that we've been um, looking at with Jago each week stories of God's incomparable, the incomparable riches of His grace. It's what we heard in Sam's testimony. You know, he said, His life before Christ is trying to build things, build things up on His own. But now, He's living in the incomparable riches of God's grace. We didn't deserve this. There was nothing that we could do to make ourselves alive. There was nothing that we could do to see ourselves in the heavenly places. This is God's grace. There was nothing that we could do To make ourselves live in this way right now, we are living in grace. We're living in grace, grace that is not earned by works, so that no one can boast. But does this mean that we have no work to do? Does this mean that we have nothing to do? Paul explains that this isn't the case. We don't just sit back and do nothing with our lives. Have a look at verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are to do good works from being in a place of God's grace. Look at what's said. It says that we are God's handiwork, that he made us, he loves us, he values us. This again is his grace. It says that God has prepared work for us to do in advance. Isn't this wonderful that God has a plan for us, so he's got something for us to do? This again is his grace. We are working from this place. We are working from grace. At the start of our passage, we saw what our life was like not in Christ. Dead, disobedient, deserving of wrath. And now we see what our life is like in Christ. Like that baby pigeon moonbeam hatching into the world. We are given new life. We are created anew in Christ Jesus. New life to do good Works. He has something for each of us to do. Isn't that exciting? Now, for some of us here this morning, we know God's grace, we know it, but we don't feel like our lives are from that place at the moment. We don't feel like our good works are coming from that place that, that duty has crushed any sense of joy. We can ask God for his health again this morning, that by his regenerating power, his strengthening power, which he gives by his grace, that we would know that in our lives. If you were here for the prayer meeting at the start of the month, you would have heard me share this already, and it really is a story of God's grace. A couple of weeks ago, the church was open on a Friday for a wedding rehearsal. And the church building isn't usually open on Fridays. And a lady walked in, and she looked a bit upset. So we ended up chatting just in one of the rooms at the back. And she said, I've messed up. I've made mistakes. I've hurt people. I just need something. I think that's why I'm here. I just need something and we opened up the Bible and read John 3 16 and a couple of verses after that and spoke about God's love his forgiveness his invitation his grace and she prayed a prayer inviting Jesus into her life she gave her life to God this is God's grace We've messed up. We've made mistakes. We were all spiritually dead. This is my story. This is your story. This is the position that everyone is in apart from Christ. And this is why grace is for everyone. Wherever you come from, whatever background, age, status, job, we all need Grace. We all need grace. This is good news for the world. This is what the church has to offer the world. This message of God's grace. That we are saved by grace. That we are living in grace. That we are working from a place of grace. He has saved us by grace. Now we are seated with him in the heavenly places, and he has given us good works to do. What a gracious God we have. Amen.